Hello, Spiritual Seekers, and welcome to, I think this will be Episode 9 of Think Spiritual. So today I am sitting here in my kitchen, which is not the best acoustic environment, but this is where me, Mark, your host, and my lovely co-host, Christine. Hello. This is where we sit while we do our Think Spiritual podcast conversations. Now, today will be a little bit different because this would usually be, say, my musings and snippet episode for the month. And as I was just saying to Christine, I just like saying snippet. So (laughs) (laughs) I know it's kind of geeky, but it's fun. It's a fun word, snippet. So this will just be one big snippet of a conversation, I think is how it's going to turn out. Because I just have this topic on my mind that I've been wanting to discuss and wanting to talk about, and I didn't particularly want to write about it because I wanted to just explore the idea in conversation uh, because Christine and I have had some very good conversations uh, even about this very topic. And that topic is has to do with identity and what we put our identity into. Uh, the what instantly comes to mind, uh, and I can say this right now because uh, my episode on Thor Ragnarok will be out. So uh, the w- one very significant scene in that movie that I really, really uh, love is where Thor's hammer Molnir is shattered by death, and that's a really significant moment uh, because, as I will say in that video, even though I have, or vid- podcast even though I have not yet made that podcast. (laughs) That's coming out next week as we record this. Um, When that shattered, Thor puts so much of his identity into Mjolnir. He identifies with that hammer. And when somebody sees that hammer, they think Thor. So there's this idea that... We put our identity into things, or we put our identity into our bodies, even. Uh, I think I've said this along the lines of, you know, when referring to tattoos and things like that, even. People sort of identify, it's like they're, they're putting their identity, putting some sort of picture of their identity on their body with the tattoo and they say oh yeah this is who i am and it's like well no it's not who you are it's a symbol of who you are it's a you know maybe a picture of who you are but this idea i had when i was driving home and i think i told you i did tell you about it christine Mm -hmm. so this idea that uh any item we have or that we buy or anything that we have it it is not who we are, but it is a it is a a reflection, shall we say, of who we are to some small extent. Mm-hmm. So, if you think of it as a mirror, a shattered mirror, and each item you have is just a little tiny sliver of that mirror, and like you can't see all of yourself in that mirror, right? Exactly. You can see little pieces, and if you had enough of the pieces together, you would have maybe a clearer picture of you know, who this person is or who you are or what your identity is. But that is still just a reflection, though it is not who you are. And I know I'm kind of harping on that. And 
and I've even been, and really, I think what got me thinking along these lines um, is a lot of the, shall we say, extreme leftist thinking, or there's a lot of things that have got me thinking about this topic in general. And just even this idea of uh, all the all the genders that are coming out and all the different uh, people trying to identify, you know, who they are with their body specifically. And I mean, it doesn't really matter whether you're straight or gay or transgender. I mean, even straight people. I mean, if you go to the gym all the time and exercise your body because you think that is that makes you who you are or something to that extent. But Christine, like, do you think, do you think that we are our body? Is that who you are? Are you this body, Christine, that you live in? Am I, Mark, just this body? Or am I something outside of that? Are you something outside of that? It's, you know, that's a really, it's a difficult question really kind um, of is yeah. yeah but you and i yes we have had conversations on this very subject and we talked about the fact that if we are in fact our bodies then what happens if we are in a coma right yeah then are we still ourselves if you're not even conscious or what if you have alzheimer's and you know your body is still alive but where are you yes yeah I, so, I can hit you on the head hard enough right now. Oh, don't do that. that. Well, I know. I'm just saying, <laughs> yes. Not again. No, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> Nervous laughter ensues. <laughs> so oh, carry God. on with that thought. Um. I can I can hit you on the head. You can hit me on the head hard enough. We can hit anybody on the head hard enough where, I mean, essentially where the body is still alive, but it's being kept alive on feeding tubes and uh, machines. And shall we say the spirit is gone. The person is like not there. Yeah. Or to the extent where somebody's given amnesia and forgets everything. Mm-hmm. And become somebody new. I mean, the movie regarding Henry was about that. And, you know, I mean, it's a fictional account, but I'm sure that's happened in reality to some extent. I to mean, some amnesia extent. is a real, a real thing. And if not, then, then um, dementia or Alzheimer's. Right. You know? Dementia yeah. or mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. Which I, I had an interesting thought about dementia. Demen- dementia. Dementia. Yeah. <laughs> dementia. <laughs> I had an interesting thought about that. It's like, well, what if, what if when that happened with Alzheimer's or dementia, what if that happens? What if it is, I mean, it's generally age onset, right? Generally, there is some hereditary factors, I think, and, yeah. and, and yeah. lifestyle factors. Yeah. Generally, so we'll call it generally age or generally it's a wearing down of the body or something in the body is not mm-hmm. working quite right. Mm-hmm. What if just say, what if we are, you know, largely spirit for the most part? Okay. What if there is such a thing? And what if when, uh, when dementia or Alzheimer's happens, what if it's the spirit like kind of like breaking away from the body or something and it's like 
goes and floats away and just comes back occasionally. And I don't know. It was just an interesting idea that I had. That's like, well, what if that's the case or something where it's where the spirit is not as bound to the body as maybe it once was? I guess that could be one way of looking at it for sure. I don't, obviously, I don't know. I have no idea how you'd yeah. even test that or anything. We don't even know if the spirit is such a thing, but, but that again is a question, you know, like, what are we? Like, or who are we? Is who are we? Yeah. Well, who or what, yeah. depending how you put it. Yeah. But when you break it down into what we just talked about, it would seem to me that we are, we are not our bodies. Our identity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So who we are isn't our body. And and our society puts so much emphasis on the body, right? Mm -hmm. Like how we look and how we do anything, right. everything we do. Mm -hmm. And especially, I mean, yeah, I go back to how we look. I mean, physical appearance is like... There is so much weight put on that it's re it's ridiculous. Yeah, and not even not even totally to the extent of looking good, but um, I personally think as a result of marketing and and extreme capitalism that we are marketed uh, to the extent that whatever it is you're into, you're supposed to look like that. You, right. Uh, the, the example. Right. Though there's a few or many. But, you know, now if you are into practicing yoga, you're supposed to look like someone who practices yoga. So you're supposed to wear Lululemon, whatever brand, you know, there's, there's clothing and there's specific things you're supposed to buy and, and eat and drink if you are someone who practices yoga. So that it's obvious to anyone even looking that, oh, you, you know, you practice yoga. Whatever it is, whatever type of music you're into, whatever you read, whatever yes, yeah, whatever you're into, your your clothing, your hair, your demeanor, your the car you drive, where you live is supposed to reflect that. And well, that's and the car you drive. That's a good example. Yeah. Well, okay, you said a couple of really key phrases there. For for one mm -hmm. thing, it's like it's about how other people perceive you yes so it, it is all about this exterior image which then really ultimately means that we are walking advertisements you know right and that's yeah, yeah like the, the well the car thing the advertisement that's yeah. exactly where my mind went because i went to uh, i finally went to see the new star wars movie and of course with any with movies now they're they're playing ads at the beginning of them uh, you know, you yes. can't, but it's like literally five in a row, five car advertisements in a row. Mm -hmm. And every single one of them to some extent or other was basically saying, buy this car and you know, you'll be a better you mm -hmm. sort of thing. Like it's like putting your identity in this vehicle when the sort truth of thing, of or the, the vehicle is like part of your identity or something. The truth of the matter is if you buy into that, you actually have become le a lesser you <laughs> because you've bought into the idea. That is true. You're right. You've bought into the idea that you even need that car at all for, for any sort of identity purposes. Yes. What is a car? It's because we, we have to go somewhere that's too far to walk and it, we need a way to get there. Right. Yeah. What it looks like should not matter in the least no it really shouldn't yeah. i i can understand how something can be a reflection of your personality 
Yes. Uh, but, yes. But again, that that is an entirely different aspect, though, than than like, shall we say, like putting this identity into you. I'm this because I do this. Like, right. like you said with yoga. Yeah. I I'm this person because I do yoga and I dress this way and right. I do this and I do yeah. that. Yeah. And then I drive this car. Yeah, I've always felt that you know. Um, buying things isn't bad in and of itself if it's done consciously. So yes, there are people who love cars. Yes. And a certain type of personality would like a fast car. Legitimately, not not because they are being told that they should. Right, yes. And that person who loves driving the fast car could be a librarian. <laughs> right that's true like in, yeah. yeah as profession yeah. so it's going you know it yeah they, yeah they don't have to be the guys from top gear no to to love cars or, yes. to, or to enjoy that speed yeah. or whatever it is that you get out of it i mean i enjoy you know i enjoy vehicles and i enjoy my motorcycle mm-hmm. and but yeah i really don't put that's a piece that's a tiny piece of who i am yeah is a, it's a reflection of my personality. It's not, mm-hmm. it's definitely not anything to do with who I am as, as a whole. No, and you can go against what marketing and society and capitalism tells you. You know, it's like based on where you live, what your culture is and the job you have, you know, maybe the things you're drawn to are outside of that. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't even want a car. Maybe you want to ride your bike. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Maybe you work for an oil company, but you don't want to drive Mm -hmm. a truck. I mean, that's, that's, that's being very stereotypical, but it's just. (laughs) I still remember when my son was a teenager and he played hockey for about eight years and there's a very specific hockey culture. Um, You know, it's usually, usually middle to upper class because it's an expensive sport. Yes. Um, usually very trendy clothing, very picky about the type of equipment they have. Well, I was a single mother and, you know, was getting used equipment and all of that. My son loved hockey, so he played it anyway. And then as he became a teenager, he also became uh, kind of gothic and started painting right. his fingernails black and dyeing his hair and feeling yeah. like he didn't fit in. And I said, I see no reason in the world that you can't be a goth hockey player. Yeah, why not? You'll be the only yeah. one on your team or maybe even in Red De- or in our city. Yeah. But like if that's who you are, if you love hockey and you're also going through a stage of being gothic, that's who you are. So own it. Yeah. You know? And I used the example, I can't remember the basketball player's name, Dennis Rodman. Who, yeah. 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 Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. I know who, yeah. Who wore dresses and right. owned it right yeah <laughs> and with him he was always i think he was always trying to make a statement but i think that was a really important thing that yeah. you that you taught your son though yeah i think so too and that's something we all should learn he could have hid that part of himself he could have either quit hockey right or he could have pretended he wasn't a goth when he, you know but he was both yeah he just wanted he wanted to explore and to be yeah. whoever he felt like being yeah so, and I think, I mean, that, that takes, that, that takes, uh, uh, strength on, it does. on both parts, even for that matter, for you to accept him as that too, right. and to not try to pigeonhole, pigeonhole him yourself. 
Exactly. Uh, but then for him to walk that walk is, is something that a lot of, I mean, there's very few, I remember very, very few people in my teenage years mm-hmm. who would be classified as being like real individuals in that regard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So someone who sort of chose either to stand out or to be in the background and be something completely obscure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be authentic, and it is, a, I think it's a very difficult road. But in the end, if, I don't know, maybe it's easier in the sense that you actually get to be yourself. I think, I think it would get easier as you became an adult. Uh, teenagers it, have a hard time with that. Yeah, sure. teenagers, well, they have a hard time, but as you become an adult and you have more of that sense of identity, I don't think you have quite as much... Uh, I, I, quite as much neurosis basically maybe if you're Um, given that chance though i mean if you've never developed a sense of self yeah if you've caught if you've spent your whole childhood being an advertisement or trying to live up to certain expectations or something like that yeah then you then you don't get to develop that sense of self yeah and i think uh I, i think we're seeing a basically a culture that's unfortunately been inundated that way more or less um, that has no, the, the people are just crying like for identity basically. Yeah. And it's like, who am I? What am I? So, and I think that's why we put, there's so much emphasis, like I said, on the body mm-hmm. right now is this being who I am yeah. kind of thing. And it's like, oh, it's like, you know, oh, I, I feel, you know, I don't feel at home in my body. So I'm going to change it to be. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to make it be what I feel like it should be. And so or, that it fits in with at least some group. You know? Some group or other, or it makes me, and you know, maybe there's some truth to, to that. Uh, maybe that's okay in some cases, but at the same time, if we think about that, maybe we're something other than our body or we're something more mm-hmm. than our body, mm-hmm. I think we have to take the view maybe that we're just borrowing our body basically. I've heard it being referred to as a meat suit. You know, a meat that suit, were, that yeah. Were a, a spirit a, a, a walking crude around. Term, yeah. yeah, but but I yeah. yeah I get the I get the gist of that for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but yeah, again, yeah, there's just this obsession with the body, and I think I think this also fits in with some of the things we heard from Stephen Jenkinson. Um, and and that's why we have such a hard time with dying as well because it's like because the body is dying and it's just like well and if you don't know who you are or what you are like if if your identity is sort of wrapped up in your body and as your body ages and things like that you kind of become more and more i I, either you become more settled in yourself and you come to know yourself better or you become more neurotic as you get older oh i see what you're saying what just as the physical body breaks down if you've put too much of right your identity into that right then you don't know how to handle that right because you haven't actually learned to to deal with you know the the reality of who and what you are possibly yeah in particular Uh, who yeah (laughs) yes yeah yeah i know i keep saying what as well maybe that's not quite as maybe that's not quite as important to is that what you're sort of saying? I the, guess so. you, you put more emphasis on who I'm mm-hmm. putting maybe an equal, maybe I'm putting more emphasis on the what. Um, 
because maybe that's what I'm questioning more. So is like, yeah, what, <laughs> what are we exactly? Are we our body? Um, I'm kind of doubting that. I'm, I'm doubting that there's a certain amount of my personality that's obviously linked to my body. Well, there's so many factors. I, I would really. say yeah. plus oh. plus memories and things like that. And it's... I read an article on, uh, and it's actually a good one, and I won't remember too much about it, but it talked about groups, and and I and it really surprised me because you don't realize how many groups you are in. And the reason I'm saying this is because you're talking about your body. Well, part of our identity obviously comes from our body because we're born male or female, we're yes, born blonde uh, or dark right. haired, we're, yeah. you know, we're short or we're tall, all those sorts of things. So you're automatically put into some groups right then and there. Just automatically on, right from yeah, your race. skin color, whatever. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. And then you have your cultural group and then you have your group based on the 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 province you live in, the city you live in, the school you went to, right? Like all, you're in in your even in your family, you know, whether you're, you know, an only child or a, from a big family, right? You could yeah. be one of several sisters or one of several brothers. You could be an aunt. You can be an uncle. Like you're in groups all the time. And okay, I guess what I'm saying is each one of those groups is a part of your identity too. It isn't still necessarily who you are, but it does affect it, it, the way it shapes. You, shapes the way you're going to be living your life. Yeah, well, right? and it shapes your yeah. thinking overall. Well, if you're born... It, it shapes your memories, it shapes... So it, it, that is maybe largely where our personality gets developed. Yeah. To some, well, I should, see, I shouldn't say that either, because mm -hmm. there's obviously some of our personality that is just wherever it comes from it comes yeah. from right but yeah i was so, just thinking though there could be a person born in you know a white male christian born in bc and there can be an east indian man born in i guess in india in india okay, yeah, yeah um who's um buddhist and has a you know completely different upbringing in terms of geographically uh, right and yeah. religiously and the types of foods you eat maybe you meet each other and you're completely kindred spirits in terms of who you right. are yeah which yeah. then has nothing to do with any of those other things right yeah, yeah. you have a completely different yeah um i i thought of that when uh during christmas time mm -hmm. even when i was uh when travis and i were sitting there talking mm -hmm. and we sort of come to like this, a lot of the same spiritual conclusions, but I mean, he's a generation, I guess, a next generation to me. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'd be Gen, Gen X. He'd be Gen Y. He's, he's millennial. Or, or he is millennial. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, however that works. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we've come to like a lot of the same, shall we say, spiritual conclusions or ideas Mm -hmm. from very drastically different paths sort exactly. of thing right yeah and it's uh uh yeah maybe not that we're uh maybe obviously we're not totally eye to eye and everything and may you, you know it's pretty hard no but hard there's to definite similarities on. yeah yeah so the groups all the different yeah, groups that identify you know help other people to identify they see you and they say you know you're about this age you're Caucasian, you're, you know, all, there's a lot of things that can be told about you 
um, just by looking, you know, and then by talking to somebody for a few but minutes. But that's you also find out our per, that's also our our perspective. Like like if I'm looking at at you or somebody else, it's mm-hmm. like I I I have a yeah I do have a preconception mm-hmm. based on my upbringing and society and all this kind of thing about yeah. what a person is like by looking at them, but that preconception could be 100% wrong. Well, and, and I'd have to say the older I get and the more experience I have, it almost always is. Right, yeah. You know, you, yeah. you cannot judge a book by its cover because, again, who people are may be absolutely nothing to do with, you know, the package, the outside package right. and what, yeah. what is shown to yeah. the world. We have to move through the world on a day-to-day basis yes. and get through it somehow. Yes. And oftentimes we're not able to really show, you know, the deep down who we really are. And, and some, and, and there's also like the fear maybe of being ostracized or mm-hmm. things like that, or people like won't understand, you know, how I really feel or like, there's all those kind of things yeah. that we go through. Again, that's part of, yeah, I just, I heard this thing on neurosis today and that, and that, uh, it was just sort of like like the the less sort of grounded and the less self confidence you have, the more neurotic. So like your self confidence and your neuroticism are sort of like are linked are are, yeah. are linked very much so. And so like the more no. <laughs> so but the idea being is that the more the better you know yourself and the more self actualized you are, or the more or further along the path to selfhood is that the less your neuroses sort of becomes. Oh, that's really interesting. So it's a good gauge. <laughs> possibly, possibly. I don't, I'm not sure how you'd measure it exactly, but it's because I mean, there's probably always to some. I I don't know. I mean, self actualization, enlightenment, whatever. Like they're probably all sort of like very similar things. Awakening, yeah. Awakening to some extent, yeah. Like all of that, they're kind of just different words and terminologies and for the same similar concepts, I think in, mm-hmm. in a lot of I ways. I think so too. Yeah. Um, shoot. There was something you said that I wanted to comment on. Now I forgot what it was, but <laughs> we'll move on and I should leave this. Here. Well, that, that probably wouldn't have helped because it was just, it was just a little thing and it was like, Oh, I wanted to focus on that, but okay. It's gone. That's what happens when you do things off the cuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when, when things are unplanned and you just want to have a conversation and, Record it. But I really hate Just that. Just like everybody when, does every day. <laughs> yeah, like everybody does. I hate that when you have this brilliant thought and then it's gone. Yeah. I don't know like, if it was a brilliant thought. It, it was just, of course it, it was. It was just, uh, it would have been another, mm-hmm. oh no, it was totally related. It wasn't a rabbit trail. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I do want to get, because there was another thing that you had brought up. And, I, and to me, it's like, a, it's part of the same thing with the obsession with the body. Um, you just bring up what you, what you learned about that AI program. Yeah, it was just in the last week. Um, once a day or so I go and check my personal email and really all I want to do is check my email. But whenever I do all these, uh, current, you know, news stories pop up and every once in a while I get sucked in and I'm always mad. That Pretty I do. easy to do. Pretty yeah. Easy to do. So we this particular day. Actually, no, that's not even true. It wasn't even on my email. I'm sorry. Oh, I was listening whatever. to the radio in the morning. I was listening to CBC radio and they started talking about how uh, Facebook was now going to be using AI to monitor uh, posts 
and it was going to be able to basically pick out um, specific people who maybe possibly were were suicidal and I just know that I felt a chill down my spine when I heard that because well when you told me when you told me that Mm -hmm. I was instantly just like oop 1984 thought police yeah I think that's exactly the thought I had right away um and when you and I talked about it a bit more we started thinking oh now I've just lost my thought too uh, Go ahead. But anyway, yeah. Well, my thought with that and how that links to, because to me, to me, this is this is part and parcel with this sort of identity crisis. I'm yeah, going to call it. We're 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 in a culture of identity crisis. Okay, mm-hmm. there we go. I said mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our whole culture has an identity crisis. It does, yeah. but it's personal identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, but this whole thing with AI monitoring people who might be suicidal. I think this is an obsession again with the body and this massive fear of death. It's, it's a gateway to, I mean, on a completely different subject, it's a gateway to, you know, how long is it until this AI is used to monitor some other type of speech or some other I think that feeling was the a point certain way that I lost what I had said to you initially okay, was, yeah. That it seems like every time there's a, a new technology, it's presented to society under the guise of something positive. Yes. Always. It's in, uh, usually to do with safety. Um, right. And, and, yes. yes. Yeah, to do with safety. We're, and we uh, all we're obsessed it. with safety, too, We all right? just lap it up thinking that's a good thing. Yeah. And I always try to think in my head, is what we are giving up more than what we are gaining? Mm-hmm. And in my personal opinion, with most of the technologies that have come out in for a number of years, I, be, I believe we are giving up far more than we're gaining, far, far more. Probably, especially like when you look at countries like China that have like just security cameras everywhere. Well, I can't, that was a bizarre and story. Too. That, that yeah. was like where, I mean, they can pinpoint someone within minutes. Yeah basically of you know mm-hmm. being within a certain area mm-hmm. or uh and and then getting into the idea of the movie uh minority report where yeah like the guy walked into like a mall and it reckon the mall recognizes his face and starts throwing advertising at him like suited specifically to him like you know what he might be interested in and what you know what he might buy and what he might yeah. want this and what he might want that and China was sort of like working towards doing that same kind right. of thing right now. Yeah. Um, that is rabbit trailing a bit. Um, Not I, really, because that is still yeah. about uh, who we are and identity. And Well, it is. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm coming at it from a little bit of a different point of view. I actually think that help should be offered to people who are suicidal if they don't yes. want it then yes. then they shouldn't have to be forced to yeah but i think my issue comes with the fact that i don't think it should be ai that we develop to try to to try to well, uh, right. determine if people are right. suicidal yeah i feel like the solutions that we come up with in this world today are the exact opposite of what we need right it's like um maybe there was a time when uh families were closer and and actually knew a little bit more about you know how how we were feeling 
and our communities and our schools and, and even the people we work with. Um, it's really sad to me that there could be so many people who are suicidal and there isn't a single person who around them who cares and who knows them enough to know that something's wrong. Right. Yeah. I should see what we, you mean. Should yeah. we not be doing the opposite and having less technology and more personal experience, more, yes. Yeah. More relationship, yeah. personal relationships. Yeah. I, I think I find it horrific. And the other point you made was once they have that in place, and I say they, not knowing who they are. Yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> but once that technology is in place and can monitor monitor um, possible suicidal posts. Well, and who, well. It, uh, then they can monitor any post. They can monitor anything. Well, they automatically will be, too. If, yes. if they're monitoring one setup, then yeah. they're monitoring everything else. And you can't tell me. That, that that wouldn't be watched, you know, and I don't right. know your political views, any kind of views you yeah. have that could be concerning to right. the powers that be. Right. And that might be considered, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, nonconformist. Yeah. Or, or... And I think I just feel like as a society, we need to reject some of these things. Yes. Because every time we, we accept a new technology that takes under the guise of more safety and more security, we give up more freedom. Yes. I would like to be able to express views without that kind of fear that I'm, that everything I do say type is being watched and monitored. Yeah, no, I totally, because I mean, ultimately, and who's monitoring the monitor? Well, that's a good point. Right? Yeah. So like if, you know, if the AI does, you know, catch someone identify maybe somebody identify somebody mm -hmm, well okay then what are like the police going to be knocking on your door and that's, saying uh we have to take your child into protective custody well that's for their, what i wondered uh, too i'm saying child in regards yeah, Adult. what if it could be could be anybody yeah so it's like yeah is that the case that then the authorities that be yeah so then they can lock you up because you're suicidal well, like, what is what is that? You were you were too, talking right? about how the the concern would be to protect the body, and I was thinking right. about that too. They See, don't. That, that's where yeah. That's where I'm trying to go. But with where this. what would they actually do? What would to they help do the to person? protect the body? And then yeah, what do they do to help? What the kind person? of help? Are they all of a sudden? And then going what to... if the person resists and yeah. doesn't want to like? At that point, it's yeah. like, well, are you going to be forced into getting? Well, you be put care in a mental hospital and then or... just pumped with drugs. So probably. it's like, I, I say probably because I I actually don't know what the plan is or yes. if there even is one beyond the identification of the suicidal person. But you're right. You know, then does it become almost like a criminal act? And if they are, actually want to help, or right. are, are they? And that's the, okay. And that's the thing. Yeah. That if, if it's a criminal act, then all of a sudden it's like, well, okay, I was just thinking of doing it. So yeah. So it's thought, it's thought crime, yeah. thought police. And we're exactly into 1984 yeah. minority report. However, many other post-apocalyptic novels there are out there. Yeah. Um, if yeah, no, we're getting, we're starting to sound like a conspiracy podcast rather than a <laughs> spiritual podcast. Well, but this is all this very, is happening. This though. is all very spiritual. The, the root problem of this is a spiritual problem. It is. That's the thing because, like, that is what I'm saying overall. I really think this does come from this misidentity of 
of, of saying that we are our bodies. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think partly and not understand, not examining who we are on the inside, not examining our emotions, not dealing with, you know, all the stuff from our past, not coming fully into the knowledge of who we are yeah. <laughs> or and and not even questioning what we actually are. Wow. Wow, yeah. I summed that up really well you all of a did. sudden. <laughs> I guess we're done here. <laughs> that was really good. I, yeah, I, I keep coming back to, to the thought that wasn't quite finished, which is you can identify a person or persons who may be in trouble emotionally and what happens from that point. You know, maybe it would be would be a good thing if that person or persons were going to be offered actual support. But what do, are you all yeah. of a sudden going to give that person good relationships, you know, healthy relationships right. and a good job yeah. and, and repair yeah. their, you know, the situations yeah. they've had with dysfunctional families or abuse? Like, right. Are you going to fix all of their physical problems yeah. all of a sudden? But... I mean, and and you can fix all of somebody's physical problems, but then it's like, have you fixed anything on the inside emotionally, too? Yeah. Or what if you do, I mean, even if you do fix everything emotionally, I mean, mm-hmm. if your outside world is still a wreck, I, I, I mean, you do need both kind of in a little bit yeah. of harmony to some extent, at yeah. least. Yeah. I, I know that it is possible to live very peacefully and very free in your mind, even in hard circumstances. Mm-hmm. I know that it's possible, but it takes a while to get to that point in your life. You kind of, yeah. you kind of have to have a point where things have been good probably for a while, or I don't know for sure. I mean, maybe there's, there's probably been people who have just had miserable lives from start to end who have ended up learning to exist peacefully within that or have found themselves I within think there that probably have been. there probably yeah. have been i yeah. and I, I yeah I, sh- I should not assume that but i mean it must be it must be like absolutely bliss to have like moments where where the inner and outer worlds are sort of like kind of in a in a calm good state sort of yes. thing even for moments or something like that like it's and I and I think anybody who's suicidal, I think they I think they really need those moments mm-hmm. too. And well, I I had a just a thought on that. Um, I was thinking about young people, probably teenagers specifically. Um, what I see or what I think is that most of the teenagers out there think they're being individuals because they will some are dying their hair blue or they're whatever thing that you know yes, or, or yeah. even the nerds have this whole you know look. Uh, yeah 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 and i think yeah. they think they that... have they're developing uh individual identities what they're doing well i'm i'm, I'm thinking of michael tessarian who's a who's someone we listen to a lot yes he says society will sell you uh now how does he word that will sell you the image that you want to yes be. yeah to sell you the, the fashion of the independence. Fashion, yeah. That's what he called it. Yeah. And it's yeah. actually a complete illusion. Yes. Right? Yeah. Actually, you bring it up the nerd culture, mm-hmm. and I'm going to call it nerd culture. Now, now it is. Now, because it is. It never was at one now point. It's a, there's trendiness in it. Right. right? There's trendiness. So, so what, and, and that used to be something. So here it is that the introverts can mm-hmm. now be extroverted mm-hmm. because that's what they always you know, desired to be to some extent, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, every every nerd. I mean, I'm a nerd. Well, I, I I was a nerd. I am a nerd. Whatever. It's. Um, you were a nerd before it was cool to be a nerd. <laughs> yeah. However you want to put that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not quite to the extent as what you know, say, nerd culture is propounded to be nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting for me to to watch the to watch this and see this and to see like comic cons and uh cosplay become such a phenomenon mm-hmm. and really to see it come to the forefront and that's the thing like it stopped being this personal thing mm-hmm. and it's become it's it's become an industry mm-hmm. And even like I was saying, yeah, like I went to see the new Star Wars movie finally today, and now I waited for quite a while. And usually, when a Star Wars movie came out, it used to be it's like, yeah, I'll go see it, you know, with within. I wasn't the type who would go to an opening event. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't like crowds to that extent, and and that kind of craziness and whatnot. It's just it, it's too much, too much for me. So, but I would wait at least a couple of weeks. Well, now it's like we're over four weeks in and I go see this movie. Now, I have to say I was not expecting this movie to be any good and I actually enjoyed it and I actually got a lot out of it and I might end up doing a Spiritual Elements podcast about it because it's got some really, really powerful moments in it, I think. Um, but what bothered me say uh about is when disney announced a little while back they were going to come up with a new star wars trilogy completely unrelated to the original this original storyline and i was just instantly less like i don't care anymore (laughs) it's like i'm done with it i don't (laughs) it's it's just like you've taken a good thing and now there's too much of it oh that's i was trying to think of how you were tying that in with the yeah okay with the the uh, selling of with the identity thing, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no, I know it sort of seemed like a rabbit trail, but it's like, it's like no, it's like you're taking something that people sort of did, you know, people loved and people mm-hmm. maybe people did identify with to a lot of extent or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of ties in with uh, what we heard a little while ago about where uh, people used to make money so that they could make movies and now they're making movies so that they can make money yeah so this this yeah. next trilogy would probably be almost 100 percent because they see the possibility just to make about money just yeah. about making money not about making art and right? it's not about yeah. yeah it's not whereas yeah the yeah. original trilogy was really all about that it was just yeah. it was doing something taking something and doing something completely new yeah. and groundbreaking yeah. yeah right and so now it's like okay let's take that art and let's just because if you become part of that culture that you know you would almost be expected to go see like they probably can estimate really closely exactly how many people are going to go watch that movie right (laughs) yeah they probably can and because it's been because nerd culture has become somewhat trendy yeah then people are just like well i'll go see the star wars yeah it's like okay and so it becomes yeah it becomes a trendy thing and it's not yeah which is not at all what it was ever sort of intended to be and even uh and even the people who originally loved it mm-hmm. they're now just like 
eh, you know, maybe it's, it's like, I don't think I want to be part of that. No, anymore. It, it loses uh, its original meaning. So I think it, that's where I think there can be amazing things about what's happened in using nerd culture as an example, but in any group. You know, yes. Um, where, any, anything that gets overused, overdone. Well, I was going to say there's good parts about that too, because yes, then people are. can feel like they belong somewhere right. and fit in and have yes. friends in a group. The problem is when yeah. you start to wear that as your identity. Yes. Right. Which is what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, exactly. So within that. Yeah. When you put all of yourself yeah. into that culture, you into start that to thing. lose. Because you know what? Every person who would identify as a nerd is also a whole bunch of other things apart from that. Yes, absolutely. But it's like you all, when you're a part of a group, there are expectations. Yes. And yeah. so this culture then starts to say, well, you need to now as this nerd part of this nerd group, you need to dress this way. You need to attend the Comic-Con. You need to attend each movie that That's fits right. into, you know, all yeah. of those things. And maybe you also like, I don't know, heavy metal and want to go see an Iron Maiden. I don't Is that nerdy? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, probably yeah. depends. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of something that would be completely out of character for a nerd. Well, to that do, would I probably guess. be going to a sports game. A sporting oh, event. There, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you also want to go watch an NFL game somewhere. Right. Or maybe you want to play football or maybe you yeah, want to, like, maybe you're a football player who wants to be a nerd. Like, yeah, that, I guess that's all I'm saying is that like, you, you know, we're sold, whatever it is you're into, we're sold that lifestyle. Exactly like you said about yoga. Yeah, about yeah, about anything. Yeah. music, sports, yeah. books, yeah. your career, where you live, the type of house you have. You know, based on your income and age, you should be living in this neighborhood and this. You know, two two and a half story house with a two car garage and a minivan and a, you know, like whatever, like. Yeah, I, yeah, our entire I, I know exactly. identity can be sold to us. Yes. And I think it is being sold to us. It yeah. is, yeah. yeah. Because if you can if you can buy identity, mm -hmm. then you don't have to do the actual hard work mm -hmm. of figuring it out for figuring, yourself. Figuring it yeah. out for yourself. Figuring you know out what? who you are. If you want to really be cool and individual and surprise people, it's like do what they don't expect, you know. Yeah. Go to yeah. Go don't wear things where people can tell ob automatically what it is you're into because it keeps them guessing a little bit. <laughs> that's what I like. <laughs> wow. And I think that's a really good point mm -hmm. to end on. That was a yeah. that was a very, very concise way of putting it. Well thank you. So I think we have to say in this case that if you change yourself you'll change your world <laughs> you will because you'll actually be yourself and not what the world is telling you to be <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>